What's up, everybody? This is Eve with the Healthy Charleston Podcast. For those of you who don't know, I'm a physical therapist, and this podcast is dedicated to giving you the right health and fitness information that is both practical, actionable, and evidence-based. This is season two of the podcast, and we are so excited. We're going to have a little less interviewing. We're going to do some more topic-based discussions with myself and some of the Made to Move physical therapy and performance team. Maybe have some guest hosts out there. We are so excited for season two. Thank you so much for joining us and supporting us. If you have any questions for me or the crew, just search Healthy Charleston on Instagram or you can reach out to us directly at made to move pt.com that is the number two thanks so much see you soon hey everyone welcome back to the healthy charleston podcast on this week's episode we have dr robert schoderbeck jr who is a sports med doc here in charleston He has a pretty extensive background and some awesome experience with some big-name football teams, maybe one that isn't my favorite, that's okay. He's really passionate and involved in the local high high school teams, um, so it was cool to hear how he's transformed that community here in Charleston. This episode happened during Corona, of course, um, so when he walked in, he was super excited to see all of our weights, and so he goes over and picks up some 45s and started ripping some bicep curls, so that was pretty impressive. So if you want to see a video of that, make sure to check out the Instagram post of this week. All right. Hey, guys. Hannah here with the Healthy Charleston Podcast. Today, I'm sitting here with Dane, and we have the pleasure of talking with Dr. Robert Schiverbeck, Jr. So welcome. Thank you so much for coming in here today. Thanks for having me. Hey, guys. Yeah. Hey, hey. Thank you for for coming out. So let's just start with, if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do, your background. Um, So... Let's see, I, I grew up in Maryland and went to NC State uh, undergrad and uh, ended up moving down here to Charleston and worked for an ophthalmologist for a while, actually, okay. trying to get med school. Yeah. And then um, got med school in 99 and went, went to school here at Medical University of South Carolina awesome. for four years. And then did an orthopedic uh, residency at University of Virginia for five years and did a sports medicine fellowship in Birmingham, Alabama. Um and I was a team doc for Auburn and oh, that's awesome. helped with Alabama some and oh, a bunch of other so schools. <laughs> I'm an LSU fan. Ah, there so. we go. Um, and worked with a guy down there called uh, uh, Jim Andrews, one of the big sports medicine oh, yeah. and had an awesome, amazing year there. And then finished that in, a, in 09 and then started working here for the Roper Hospital System in 2009. Wow, that's so. an awesome background right there yeah. yeah no it's great i got a couple questions yeah, um, how'd you get into that like i mean was that just a job you took or was that an interest way back in the day yeah ophthalmologist sorry. um so i um when i i was trying to figure out in college what i wanted to do i did uh i was i graduated with a degree in biomedical engineering i was actually going to get my phd in at uva but didn't really feel that was direction that i wanted to go and god was directing me to go so um <laughs> I deferred it, and I, uh, somebody had it gave me the thought of what, I'm thinking about thinking about med school, and right. so at that point, I just uh, started volunteering at hospitals and seeing if that's the direction I wanted to go. And uh, one of my best friends' mom worked at NIH and got me a job for with an ophthalmologist nice. doing um, 
research on uh, doing helping with his research laboratory mm-hmm. for ophthalmology. Oh, great. Um, did a lot of pig research, pig eyes. Yeah. And operated on a lot of a lot, wow. of, a lot of pigs. Yeah, his nickname for me was actually Hercules because I had to. Uh, <laughs> I had to hold the pigs down while they anesthetize them so we could operate oh on their gosh. eyes. How big were these pigs? Uh, some about 50 pounds. Oh, I was picturing like teacup pigs. A 50-pound uh, pig kicking is about 100 pounds. <laughs> yeah. so, Hercules. And I was, you know, high, you know, young, you know. Fit from college, fit yeah. Day. So I had to hold the pigs down, so he, he called me Hercules. But that, that, was a, that was a fun few years. So, yeah. but he, um, Dr. Virgil Faro, he's an ophthalmologist here in town, but he got me a job working at um, the Stormont Institute. Oh, yeah. So I worked there for two years doing research and then got into med school. That's great. Yeah. So the, the pig eye research led you to want to do med school. That's what yes. really shifted well, for you. I mean, to try to get in med school, you got to have stuff yeah. that shows that you're, you know, mm-hmm. not just out of college wanting to go to med school, that mm-hmm. you actually put some thought and effort into it. And so. What was the driving factor, do you think, that, that really led you that way to, to medical school? school? Um, well, I loved the engineering aspect of what I was doing in college. I just uh, it didn't seem like a good fit for me. Um, plus, you know, as an engineer, you're doing a lot of computer work, mm-hmm. lab work. There's not much, as much people interaction. Yeah. And I'm kind of a people person, yeah, I like to think, most of the time. I try to be. And, yeah. Um, yeah. And so I just enjoyed that, and I really, you know, I've I've had injuries growing up in high school and stuff, and that was, you know, always a bit of an interest in the human anatomy and human yeah. body, and so that kind of drove me a little bit more into that direction, and then <coughs> did some um, volunteer work at hospitals and um, worked with Dr. Alfaro and uh, Dr. Apple at MU at um, the Stormont Institute mm-hmm. that I worked with for two years, and that just kind of sparked my interest more to realize that I wanted to become a physician nice so and that so you were in Charleston before that so I was in Charleston for two years before mm-hmm. medical school um, working at the Stormont Institute mm-hmm. and um, and that and you know, just there's a it's not easy to get into med school I think no. probably now it's even harder than it was 20 years ago when I was doing it but um, um, it was just a, a good opportunity to work with some really great physicians that kind of help help show me mm-hmm. their side of medicine and help kind of, um, I'd say grease the wheels to kind of help you, help you get into the, the places yeah. where you want to go. Yeah. Connections so, yeah. are very important. Definitely. No matter what we're talking about, whether it's getting into school or getting jobs or, you know, mm-hmm. getting business loans in the time of COVID-19, you know? Yeah, yeah um, that's true. So, yeah, it's definitely. You know, I felt very blessed that God put people in my life at the time it helped me to get to where I am today. I feel like that's how you kind of know that you're on the right direction, though, right? It, it just works out. Like, somehow, the, the right people come along your path, and it works out. Yeah, yeah so that's if, awesome. Uh, as a strong believer, I know that that's God orchestrating all yeah, that kind exactly. of stuff. Yeah. So. The, um, yeah, and I mean, taking that all the way into, you know, being able to work with uh, the big names and the big schools yeah. that you have, right, between Auburn, Alabama, mm-hmm. and uh, Dr. Andrews, like, what... You know, what are some big takeaways that you had about, or even, you know, what's the best experience you had working with those teams? And um, um, well, I got to see really how a, a true, strong sports medicine practice and program works. You know, yeah. I was able to kind of bring that here to the Roper, Roper, uh, Roper system with the experience I had there, and other physicians within the Roper system had somewhat similar experiences mm-hmm. to help, you know, build the, the sports medicine program that we have at Roper. Yeah, um, I'm actually the I've been the director of the sports medicine in Robert St. Francis for 
since I've been here about 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I got here, that there really there's minimal coverage for the high schools in the Charleston area. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. only two schools that had the money enough to hire sport uh, trainers to help cover the high schools. Um, and there's another guy, uh, Al Hawkins, who's an athletic trainer that worked kind of at MUSC. Um, he kind of he works for Fletzy now, which mm-hmm. is the um, federal training center. Federal, federal training center, and he actually went to some high school football games with him when I was in medical school, just trying to figure things out and right. direction I wanted to go. I, I play sports all my life, so um, that's always been a big part of my life growing up: soccer and basketball and lacrosse and mm-hmm. um, other things to that extent. So um, it kind of helped open up my eyes to you know see what Charleston had and you know he, uh, Al was trying to do the best job he could to cover it but one man covering you know, nine, nine yeah, other schools in the area and so um, actually I went and met with uh, uh, Dave Spurlock who was the head athletic trainer for for um, Charleston County right. when we first got here real, and talked with him about what Charleston County had and he really wanted to start a program that would allow all, all the schools to have trainers because you know without trainers you have coaches that are doing a trainer's job, you know, athletic trainer's job, and it's harder for them to do that and focus on what they need to do and also take care of kids that get injured where they don't really have right. a background for, to do that. And so, um, so 10 years ago, we were able to coordinate between with Roper and with uh, Charleston County Schools to get athletic trainers in schools. So now we have a trainer in every school in mm-hmm. Charleston County, plus a few other schools that we help cover as well. Um, right. And they just really have made a major difference to, you know, give these student athletes the best possibility to play sports and stay healthy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some have actually saved some kids' lives. We had a kid about eight or nine years ago that had a heat stroke, and if the trainer hadn't done the job that she did, the player would, wouldn't have made it. That's wow. amazing, yeah. So she yeah. got him in the dunk tank immediately and got him in the hospital. He was in, had, he was in, had pretty uh, severe heat, heat mm-hmm. exhaustion. and um, So they've made a major difference not only in kids' Right, physical recovery, lives, yeah. saving their yeah. lives and helping them stay stay healthy, but also to, um, you know, some of these kids don't, uh, they kind of act as parents at times for them, you know, providing yeah, foods and home. meals and, yeah. and direction in life. And so it's been, I feel very blessed to have been able to be a part of a hospital system that wanted, that made that a priority, Yeah, uh, which is awesome. And are you still actively involved in that I'm now, still the director of the program. Right. Um, and the manager was the manager of the program's athletic trainer that helps a lot with other aspects of Roper, but he also is over top of all the sports, uh, the athletic trainers that we have at the schools. Um, Kyle Prothrow, and he was he actually was a trainer at West Ashley um, for a while, but then I was able to get him over to work with us. And so, yeah, um, it's he's really awesome. awesome. We should yeah. have him on a podcast. Yeah, he, he's trainers awesome. Are always got yeah. an interesting perspective. You know? yeah. yeah, Kyle's Kyle's a great guy and does an excellent job with with what he does. So I just um, he does all the kind of all the lay work and the grunt work to make an sure everything flows and you know mm-hmm. we just uh, it's a good team and we have a, I'm not the only one involved. There's a lot of a lot of the other sports medicine with Peter physicians within the Roper system are involved in yeah. the process too, going to football games and helping with, uh, we do physicals once a year for all the all the athlete, student athletes at the school yeah. so they don't have to go to their primary care doctors and have physicals done. Yeah, it's awesome. like if you're we were going to have it done in April, but it, yeah, of course that, helped that, out with those one year. Yeah. But of course that didn't happen <laughs> no, because of the yeah. current yeah. pandemic. Um, 
I mean, obviously things have changed a lot in the last 10 years in terms of athletic training and, and, and through Roper's partnership with um, Charleston School District. But are there are there still holes? Are there other things that we're trying to shore up in that in that world? Or, or, or you know, is no, there I mean, a direction we're, we're that's really going? well covered, with, especially within the, the system that we have here. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the biggest things is new schools coming on, like mm-hmm. um, that one in Mount Pleasant. Oh, like Oceanside? Well, Oceanside, we, got, we have two trainers there because there's so many students. Right. Student, Athletes, athletes there. yeah. But um, um, Beckham, oh yeah, yeah, Beckham High School coming in and just making you know schools are getting bigger and they need more coverage, so we're just trying to coordinate that appropriately. And yeah, um, yeah. We just have a really strong relationship with the Charleston County Schools, and it's mm-hmm. been a blessing that we've been able to kind of coordinate together and take care of the student athletes of the Charleston County, and then you know, and, and whatever else is involved with that too. Right. We also help with the Charleston Marathon and. Other things that are involved yeah. within the county. As well. I was there this year, Charleston. Did you Marathon. do it? I did the half, so no. I'm not quite that okay. big of an. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So your role is kind of split. So you're the director of this program, and then are you still an active surgeon? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. So you do you do a little bit of both. You have your hands. Yeah, that's why. I, I mean, that's what I, that's why we have managers like Kyle to help yeah. manage the the in and out day and day stuff, mm-hmm. and then me and him kind of bounce things back and other physicians within the um, sports physicians yeah. kind of bouncing back and forth to make sure we're growing in the way we are and covering the things that we need to cover. But yeah, it's, I couldn't definitely balance both of those because you know, being a full-time orthopedic surgeon yeah. is fairly busy. I imagine it is busy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, so I want to hear about what brought you back to Charleston because you were here and then it sounds like you had some really awesome <laughs> opportunities and then you came back here after a few years. So, um, so yeah, so I'd love... Um, uh, I feel very blessed I was able to come down here to Charleston. You know, I did, I, when I first got into, it took me three years to get in med school, uh, mm-hmm. so it was a little challenging. I was trying to figure out what I was going to do. Um, as I said, I was going to get a PhD in biomedical engineering, but I didn't kind of feel this. Like a lot. <laughs> I didn't feel like that was a direction that yeah. I wanted to be going. And so um, the ophthalmologist that I worked for got me a job down here, so I was able to get, you know, see, come down and live in this beautiful town that we live in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, I matched to do residency at UVA. Um, I didn't really think it would be possible to move back down here because you know, there's a lot of physicians, yeah. physicians in town. It's very saturated, not only with Roper and MESC and East Cooper and then you know South Carolina Sports Med and mm-hmm. Low Country Orthopedics and a lot of great physicians in the area. Mm-hmm. Um, but opportunity opened up with um, two of my mentors here, Dr. Uh, Graham and Dr. Caldwell, um, and uh, they had a, an opportunity to open up, and so that just kind of slid yeah, right in. Yeah, came back so, even after being with Oliver in Alabama. Yeah. yeah, I mean it was actually um, I had opportunity to, to move in. Move. Uh, Dr. Andrews had asked me to um, move to. Auburn and be the on-site yeah. team physician for Auburn, which would have been a dream, but that wasn't in the cards. So yeah, um, yeah. So what was it like working with those big teams? I feel like people, you know, in high school, I was like, I want to be a PT or doctor, and I want to work for the LSU yeah. football team, but you don't really <laughs> ever hear of it happening. There's a lot of pressure. I mean, yeah. pressure for the, for the teams to yeah. you know to do well, and then also pressure on the physicians to to. Um, one take care of the patient, the, mm-hmm. the student athletes, but also get them back so they can play if they're injured. Yeah, exactly. It was an opportunity of a lifetime. I mean, it was. I bet you learned. I loved it a ton because if, as soon as they get injured, 
their whole job is to just get back on the field. Get, get healthy and get back yeah. on the field. And plus, student athletes are there to learn too, so mm-hmm. that's another part of Juggling all but, of that. But that was um, my fellowship year was, I mean, residency and fellowship year, but they're both just amazing opportunities to work with some really amazing physicians that have seen everything. I mean, Dr. Mm-hmm. Andrews has been one of the go-to sports medicine docs in the country for, you know, Clements and yeah. Jackson and very big name individuals that he's been able to keep playing and keep them on the mm-hmm. field and uh, it, it, it was a it was a great opportunity to see how it, uh, just a true mentor and a true um, uh, physician works to take care of the students and uh, athletes student athletes or whatever athletes come and see him so but plus it's a lot of fun when I mean, you get the oh, yeah. get to fly in a private jet for you know to, <laughs> oh to, gosh it sounds horrible you know, what Saturday, a job. We'd, we'd fly to see Auburn play or Alabama play and then leave at halftime to go watch Auburn play oh, so oh it was, my uh, gosh yeah, it was a it was a fun internship. year so it it's year. really nice to hear so I obviously do like an acute care internship for PT school and I was on the ortho floor but all the ortho surgeons, or like all the PTs and the patients that I saw, it was like they left the hospital the day after, and there was no like relationship between the doctor and the patient. It was just like you know they got their surgery and then they left. And so it sounds like you're very involved in their whole life and juggling everything. And so I think that's what makes you very successful and really different. Well, that's that, part of it. I mean, we're, yeah. we're all humans. I mean, just because I want to, you know spend a few more years in school you know I'd still love those interactions I mean one of my favorite uh, I with being a sports medicine doc I, I actually have helped take care of Wando for the past 10 years or so just mm-hmm. going to their football games and be on the sidelines for injuries and stuff and that's almost that's kind of more fun one of the more fun things yeah. that I actually yeah. do because you take care of some of these kids so you have these young athletes so you, you develop those relationships and it's just it's fun to be on the sidelines and have that energy of, you know, different sporting events happening. Yeah, like so having a stake in it and knowing the kids. Yeah, no, having been a difference. part of it. So I'm not just here to make sure they get hurt. I'm, <laughs> I mean, that's obviously the more most important reason I'm there. But um, it's kind of fun seeing these kids and you develop relationships mm-hmm. over the years. I mean, you know, even now, I, you know, out at a restaurant and see somebody I took mm-hmm. care of and they'll come up and say, hey, and thank me or, or vice versa. So yeah. the um, The... Um, you know, you, you work with some great people here. You mentioned mentors like Dr. Graham and Dr. Caldwell and then, you know, Dr. Andrews, obviously. Like, your specialty now, what is it kind of? Like, where's your main focus or where's your passion driven? And then how much did those guys influence that or does one of them stick out more than another? Um, I mean, I think the, probably the biggest influence I've had is, doc, is um, uh, Dr. Andrews. Mm-hmm. Um, and also my, the physicians, uh, the guys, the mentors at UVA. Uh, Dr. Dedock, Dr. Miller, um, just said they've been great mentors. I mean, just seeing the way that, you know, stuff that they learned and taught us and how, you know, how much they love what they're doing. And, they, you know, you can, you can see their passion for it and you want to have that passion for it too. And I think, and I'm, I feel blessed that I was able to do the, what I did undergrad. I think having an engineering background has kind of helped me where I am today because, you know, engineering is all about moments and positions and, mm-hmm. and forces and, uh, you know, where you're drilling things, where you're putting things, stuff like that. And I think that helps, you know, when I'm dealing with something that's complicated or something that maybe the surgery isn't going as perfectly direct as you want it to go, you can think up, you're able to think outside the box, right. and, okay, how, how am I going to fix this? Or see something that's a little bit 
different than what you're normally expecting to see. Can you give an example of that? <laughs> I'm interested. <laughs> um, I haven't had a lot of experience with sports med surgeons. You know, yeah. I've just seen a lot of like knee replacements and things like that. Like dealing with, uh, you know, I, I did an ACL maybe about three or four months ago, and there's different bony structures and anatomy for some a, a child, a, a young athlete that uh, when he tore it, he actually tore part of the off his tibia too. And mm. I think that happened a while ago because he had extra bone formation that formed. So oh, right. that was getting in, my, getting in my way to put the position, the tunnel, how I normally do it. So I had to kind of think outside of my normal way that I do it to mm-hmm. be able to get things in isometric position to make it stable mm-hmm. and functional and it's because of the training that I've had because I've seen you know when you're going to surgeries with you know guys that have been doing it for years mm-hmm. you see the things that they do and you see the things that you know and not yeah. every surgery is cut and dry exactly, exactly the same way everyone's a little yeah. bit different yeah. and so I was able to use things use things that I've, I've seen in the past with the mentors that I work with to be able to implement that into situations that you get into well, these are athletes, right? Like, they are needing this new ACL to go do high-functioning things, not, you know, just someone getting mm-hmm. a knee replacement. And you don't, you don't want, you want, you want it to be successful. You don't want oh, it to yeah. fail. So you got to make sure you're putting things in the appropriate positions. And so being able to see, you know, great mentors and physicians I work with that, you know, have run into complicated situations and be there when you're with them. Mm-hmm have it back in your mind be like okay if I run into something like that and it you know sometimes you got to think outside of the box mm-hmm. and be able to see how these guys have worked under pressure to think outside of the box in certain situations mm-hmm. always helps the people they're training yeah. with to be able to deal with those situations when they run into them also so what is the process like say I'm a football player I get injured and then what is the process like from you know prehab surgery rehab all of that can you talk us through that yeah, so yeah, so somebody gets injured. Let's say somebody at the, the high school gets injured, and so we assess some sideline assessments if if we can. Mm-hmm. And with the trainers there, they're you know all the trainers we, we work with all of them that you know make sure their knowledge and their skill bases you know mm-hmm. so they can pick up on those things that we're looking at. And they're all athletic trainers. Yeah, all athletic trainers that have done whatever you know masters level degrees okay. at times or yeah. undergrad degrees, um, and so. And we have a direct connection, you know, like what the athletic trainer that I've been working that's been working with me for seven or eight years is also works at Wando. And so, you know, if an athlete gets hurt, we usually get them in the next day. Or that day if they get hurt in wow. the clinic, we can see them that day. Mm-hmm. Or if they need to go to the ER, you know, they can go to the ER and I can I, I get phone calls to be like, Hey, this person go to the ER so I can check out X rays when I'm in clinic or after work mm-hmm. or whatever. So so we're seeing what needs to be injured and let's say it's a football player with an ACL injury. So, you know, they'll assess them. If I see them on the sideline, we'll assess them, get the MRI as soon as we can to see what we're dealing with. And then in the, in the determine what what is the injury, what needs to be fixed. And then, like, for most, <clears throat> for ACLs, let's say if it's an ACL injury that needs to be reconstructed. You know, we, we, we want to make sure that they are as, uh, that they're, their function is as good as it get prior to going to surgery. If you mm-hmm. if you're doing an ACL reconstruction on a person with a tight knee, you're coming out with a tight knee and you're fighting that afterwards. Yeah. So, you know, we want to make sure that they have as full range of motion and as symmetric range of motion to the other side. If they don't, we do PT and we hold off the reconstruction before we do mm-hmm. before we go that route because we want to. As I said, if you're going in with a stiff knee and you're reconstructing a knee, you're coming out with a stiff knee yeah. and you're fighting that the entire time. Yeah, and right. the better they are going into it, the better yeah. their rehab will be. Yeah, and we see that. 
And so we do the prehab to make sure that they're appropriate for the surgery. And when we realize, you know, we come to the point and realize that they're, we can press on to the surgical route, then we go that route and discuss with the patient, their family, and what we think needs to be done, the best option for him dealing with <clears throat> um, auto, you know, their own tissue or allograft, uh, what what tissue they want to use, stuff like that to reconstruct it with, and then do the surgery, and then get them into physical therapy. I usually do. Um, and I think PT is very important, um, and so uh, I mean, it's we can do our best surgery in the world, but if PTs aren't doing the job they need to do, you, they're, they're going to fail. Absolutely. Um, and, but also having the PTs realize, you know, uh, know their limits, not doing too much, but being able to read the patient. You know, I kind of give post-op protocols to the patients, but. I, uh, kind of rely on the PT to kind of read the patient and know if they need to hold them back or yeah. push too soon. Um, so we kind of rely on your, your guys' expertise to really know what to do, what not to do. Um, and then um, get, them in, get them in the PT. I usually try to get them in the PT five to seven days after surgery and, you know, get working on the motion, get working on the strength, get the muscle function back, and, and then see where they are. Most ACLs are, you know, the graft is usually healed in about a three-month time period. Um, but then the muscles have a lot of time to um, kind of recover back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As you know, any joint, injured joint has two things that give stability, static and dynamics, mm-hmm. right? Static stabilities are the soft tissue structures that keep the innate functional stability of the joint, and then dynamics are the muscles, and they work hand-in-hand in, hand in every joint. So if the statics are stable, but the dyna- dynamics are, it puts more stress on the static load, yeah. and then you can re-injure things. Mm-hmm. And so... That's why it's important for PTs and patients to realize the balance is out. You gotta work on that balance. Yeah. Just because it feels good doesn't mean it's ready to go. Exactly. That's Just because nice <laughs> yeah. 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 uh, we're all about anatomy. <laughs> so I mean we're really just um, you know, bone doctors, you know. Yeah. Human carpenters. That's yeah. what I do. There you go. I like just it. Human yeah. carpenter. So that's why I always think when I go to the doctor, the ortho is just yeah. human carpenter. Yeah. Chipping away. <laughs> Um, that's, that's awesome. Um, I mean, we've been talking about ACLs a lot. Is that kind of most common for you? Or yeah, is so there I, area I, I, I focus on, I probably do sports medicine stuff. You know, I don't replace knees or hips or, or any joints at this point. You know, I've partners, that's all they do. And so I'm happy right. to have them do that. Um, so I do a, a lot of shoulder, you know, rotator cuffs, shoulder stabilizations for dislocations and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And um, acute injuries. Acute, chronic, stuff like yeah. that. Um, elbows. Um, you know, Tommy John here and there and yeah. um, and other injuries from that point. I do a lot of hip scopes, so I've been doing those for about 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, hip arthroscopy for labor repairs and femoracetabular impingement and mm-hmm. stuff to that extent. And then anything dealing with the knee as well, fractures, fracture care and ligaments, reconstructions and yeah. meniscus treatment and all that. All, everything, a little bit of everything. Yeah, it's basically like shoulders... Hit, uh, elbows, shoulders, hips, and knees is All right. really yeah. focused on. <laughs> the main joints yeah. that the main we use. The main, yeah. the main athletic population problems. So you were an athlete in high school. And what about college? So my, I was a big, my major sport was soccer. Um, in my senior year uh, high school, I um, punched a goalpost and broke my hand oh, as, nah. as a goalie, which kind of is hard oh. to continue to play. So I Dang. wanted to play in college, but it just oh, didn't, sorry. didn't. Yeah. It's okay. It's uh <laughs> That was God's plan for me to go down a different <laughs> to route to, <laughs> to help uh, humble the. Uh, yeah. And then, yeah. and then in college, I was like, man, I missed this. Uh, did fraternity life and all that, mm-hmm. but I was like, man, I really miss playing soccer. So I was thinking maybe I'll maybe I'll try out for the state team. Oh, you know, I was yeah. thinking I started playing some club ball and stuff like that, and then 
uh, broke my tibia in a oh, game, and I was God. like, okay, maybe God does not that want does me to not, play sports yeah, anymore. So. You went so, to NC State? Yes. That's where Mesa went, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't know if you've heard. Uh, in the box, BT, she works with me to move. Okay. Um, she went to NC State, too. Uh, well, she she was, must um, be brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> she is, absolutely. That's so yeah, funny, though. For sure. <laughs> um, she, ha- she injured her ACL playing um, <coughs> Ultimate Frisbee. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so then I realized after those two injuries that God did not want me to play sports in college. Uh, so I feel... Yeah. So now I try to take care of the kids so they can, you know, athletes yeah. so they can play the sports in college if they have I a like drive a, to do it. A lot of doctors, a ton of PTs go that route because they've experienced it. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's what gives them that passion for it. Do you feel like that's what drove you to do orthopedics? I believe it did. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm playing sports all, all my life for, you know, ever since I was a small kid. Anyway, that's mm-hmm. kind of gets you in that mindset. And then I've had injuries that I've had orthopedists yeah. had to. Fix. I also broke my femur in medical school. Oh my Fell on the hill playing, playing paintball with a bunch of buddies. So, <laughs> yeah. So oh, man, um, that probably helped solidify the direction of orthopedics for me. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh man, at that point, yeah, I have a lot of a lot of people in PG school or in med school, dental school, intramurals. Everybody gets injured because no one's prepared. Right, and then everyone goes and plays like they used to play in high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I pulled a hamstring in, yeah. in med school we had so Achilles, badly. ACLs. I used to make, I used to like in my mind make fun of the football players, like you know, NFL football players that are out for a hamstring. Yeah, like, come really? on, you're a big football player. <laughs> yeah, and then I pulled one like. Like, was that girly this like, like year? Like black and blue pull? Black and blue yeah. all the way down yeah. my leg. Yeah. But I was like, like I, I will never say that again. That hurts like crazy. Yeah. Did you ever consider any other specialty when you were in med school? Um, I thought about pediatrics. I've always just mm-hmm. loved kids. Well, it's very similar, yeah. it sounds like. But uh, that... And then I realized that you have to deal with a lot of parents. So, which, <laughs> which is good. Which yeah. is great. Yeah, it's great. Uh, but I, I just orthopedics was always kind of the direction for me to go. Yeah. I mean, ophthalmology, too, was an interest because I did that, but I didn't. Oh, it's so different than yeah. what you do okay. now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Eyes fascinating very micro, it's, it's Eyes is, I mean, how God designed the eyes. Oh, my gosh. Watching Grey's Anatomy and the eye stuff, I have to look away. I can't handle yeah. it. Yeah. So, what were the things? So Plus, you, I've always liked drills and hammers and stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, the carpenter. Yeah. Has so the carpenter. It really is like a perfect fit. <laughs> it is. It's, it's right. tough to hammer away at, at an eye. Yes. Yeah, so oh, yeah, you have to be a little bit The eye may not work anymore, so... So you had a lot of experience with you know, injuries, orthopedic surgeons, and then you decided to go that route. Was there something that you were like, I want to do this differently? I want to change this. I want to influence this somehow. Um, well, I think you're always kind of thinking that direction when you're as a surgeon because you got to, you know, sometimes instruments don't work as well, and you got to kind of think about other things that will help you be more helpful. Actually, it's funny. I remember doing a case. I was like seven or eight years ago. And I was like, we need a device that's going to do this. Like, like, and literally two or three, two or three years later, like the exact same. Somebody invented. It. I was like, that's exactly you what. And I even talked to the rep. I even turned to the rep. I was like, we talked. He's like, yeah, we did talk about the exact same thing. Yeah. But you got those are those are the things that are kind of fun to think about. And I think that with the engineering background I have, that's helped me a little bit. I haven't designed mm-hmm. anything yet, but you know, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of fun. Is there anything over the last couple of years that's kind of been innovative, you know, within the in the world of orthopedics that's really kind of changed the way you practice, or or you know, the, no, I think it's a, just a constant technology improvement. Mm-hmm. You know, with orthopedics, you know, they're they're always thinking 
There's all, and you go to the meetings, there are always things that you know people are thinking about I just differently. Had this. Yeah, just have this or something like that. One of the biggest things we try to think of, you know, any joint, the rate limiting thing in any joint is how the cartilage is functioning. And so that's been kind of a bigger push over the past few years of what we call kind of joint preservation type procedures like MACI, which is membrane autologous chondrocyte implantation, which is actually you good. Saw it. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> Let me write it out a few times yeah, first. Yeah. Um, but so you go scope a knee, you take somebody's cartilage, a little bit of bone, a little tic tac size, two of them, and you send them to a company and they regrow your cartilage. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, we used to have to like sew a patch of tissue over top of the cartilage mm-hmm. defect and then squirt the cells in there, but now they, they've impregnated into a, uh, a bovine piece of tissue and you actually scrape it and you glue it in place and it regrows a patient's natural, their own kind of cartilage. Wow. And so there's things that we are trying to do to preserve joints better, if possible. It really, I mean, like global arthritis, it's not going to work for that. Right. But cartilage injuries and stuff to that extent, yeah. And there's different things you can do to help improve that. You know, joints, we're trying to maintain the joint as best we can, like meniscus transplants and osteotomies to help with alignment and joint preservation procedures. And, of course, ligament stability with, you know, making sure ACL, PCL, LCL, MCL are all stable and functional. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, there's a lot that goes into it. No, there's a yeah. ton. Yeah. I, yeah, I was just wondering, like, you know, from a PT <clears throat> perspective, I wouldn't say that it's, like, super groundbreaking, but the blood flow restriction, you know, therapy or technology has been a nice addition for some of those, like, low load, like, you know, those those cases where, you know, you're worried about atrophy and you're worried about <clears throat> being able to load tissue, and right. it kind of gives us a, a unique... Yeah, just a way yeah. to... To, to, to load them. To load the tissue and to, to hopefully, you know, preserve some of that, um, you know, prevent the atrophy right. and potentially even have... I mean, some one of the newer treatment. things that's kind of out there that, you know, a lot of people are asking about is like PRP and stem cell yeah. injections. Mm-hmm. And I think it definitely has its part in medicine, mm-hmm. um, especially in healing, healing processes. But um, it's still trying to figure out where that fits in. You know, the problem is some of these places that have kind of popped up with PRP is, you know, they don't, uh, I think they're giving some patients some false like feelings. False hope, yeah. When yeah. people come in to see me with horrible arthritis and like, well, why don't you just do a PRP injection? I'll have a new knee. I'm like, yeah. oh, that's it's really frustrating. Not, right, it's not the right. case, you know. You, yeah. you do a PRP, your knee isn't going to turn back 20 years like it was 20 years ago. <laughs> right, um, it right. really has an amazing healing factor, but it's not going to get rid of arthritis. So, yeah. But it does have, I think it definitely it does have its part in medicine. We're just trying to figure out where it has yeah. its part in. But yeah. that's something fairly new in the mm-hmm. probably, probably past five years that has been, you know, cropping up within the orthopedic and, uh, yeah. you know, the non-operative orthopedic realm that I think has definitely have its place in medicine. We just got to figure out where we can in, instill it that's it's effective and make sure we get the, you know, general population's information to them so it's not they're not getting false information exactly yeah Yeah, i feel like i mean with medicine everything is always changing it's like we can't keep up fast enough with how things are changing yeah it's like we're practicing right now but what does the research say Mm -hmm. Um, so that's always interesting to me to hear about the new things that are being used um so you were thinking about getting your phd right does that mean that you are interested in research are you into I am that? too, but I, I'm not a big paper writer. Yeah, so okay. I think if you're, gonna, if, if you're going to do it, you know, some people, oh, right. writing. Some people yeah. love it. That was never one of my fortes. Yeah, so like I'll do the research. I, I don't want to write. I it. love operating. I love fixing things. Mm-hmm. I love, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, so that's kind of, I always felt that's been my gift. I've never been gifted with 
Right. Uh, <laughs> I sit down and write an article on, you know, twenty page article on this. That's that's not my good. It's so, funny you say that, Doctor. Yeah. I just wrote twenty pages on uh, pain free running. Yeah. But I know that's a big part of it, and that's how me- that's how technology improves. So yeah. I'm, it's definitely an interest. Um, it's just. You know, I've chosen the direction where I am to be mm-hmm. primary the physician, you know, taking care of patients as opposed to, and Roper, Roper isn't a big, isn't a, a teaching hospital, and mm-hmm. so there's not a, a whole lot of research that goes on there. So. Yeah. Switching gears slightly, uh, uh, pre-COVID or post-COVID, uh, uh, what what do you do for fun? Like, what, what do we find... Um, exercise, you know, I, I, that's why I've liked your you know, weights in your gym because I haven't seen <laughs> weights in a while. But um, just outside activities, you know, I, I like to go out on the boat and spend time on the water mm-hmm. and fish. And um, <clears throat> I've taken some kiteboard lessons. Yeah, how to go? Uh, that's a scary sport. Oh, it's awesome. It's so cool to watch. Yeah, that. it is. Yeah. So I'm gonna. I'm, I have a goal to learn to do that here yeah. this next year. Um, so that and some surfing here and there that I'm going to try to get more involved in. So outdoor stuff. I mean, you live in Charleston, yeah. so well, there's a lot of surfers out there. Dr. Sloan is out there surfing, and uh, I need to surf. I was supposed to wear Dr. Letty, I think, is out there mm-hmm. surfing a lot. Yeah, yeah, those are two great guys. Yeah. yeah. What's your preferred form of exercise? Do you have a specific type? Um, I like the bike. I like bike riding, mm-hmm. um, bike and, and lifting weights. So. A little bit of cardio, a little bit of meathead. You know, yeah, I can't. Definitely. I got to go back to that, that side from high school days. That's you know? funny. Yeah. Right. Buys and tries, baby. Yeah. I'm trying to run like a 50k and deadlift. Oh my gosh. Keep my deadlift above 400 at the same time. Can so it's it be like, done? So I, I mean, I know it can be done. Other people can do it. I just don't know. Running's just never been my forte. Yeah. Oh yeah, me two, two, two or three miles, and then you know I'm kind of done. Yeah. So. I did the first Charleston ha- the half this year, and it was the first time I'd ever ran more than like six miles, more than the bridge run, and mm-hmm. um, it was a struggle mentally. But now, for some reason, I just feel like running more. I don't know why. I don't know why you yeah, felt that either. crazy. But I still like lifting weights more, so we'll keep that up. Yeah, definitely. Nice. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. This has been awesome. I sure. Feel like I learned a lot, and I feel like our listeners will definitely learn a lot. Yeah. yeah, I mean, before we get off here, is there anything that we should know? Like, I mean, any direction going forward? Anything new coming down the pipe for you or for Roper or anything else? Um, we're just still doing our best to take care of the, you know, the, the opportunities we've had with the Charleston County um, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, Athletics, and we've, we've been very feel very blessed to be able to have that opportunity to do that, and uh, just continue to take care of patients the best way we possibly mm-hmm. can. That's great. So, What's in the the next few years for you? Like, where would you like to to go? Do you have next steps like Dan asked earlier your passion I mean the passion is just taking care of the student athletes that that we have Mm -hmm. in front of us I I, I love that you know I I think athletics keeps kids in school Mm -hmm. you know gives them a reason to well I gotta study hard because I want to play football I want to play soccer and so I mean so I I think um, education is key you know Uh, I think in my life prayer is key in life I mean there's I wouldn't be where I am if it wasn't for God and His direction that uh, that He's allowed me to go. So mm-hmm. I feel very blessed there. But you know, as a the students we help take care of, I think um, sports is big for a lot of them because uh, you know that kind of opens doors for things that may not be possibility depending on their you know yeah. socioeconomic status or where they are. So um, 
and so the bonus of sports is, that, you know, they're going to they're do well in school so they can play that sport that right. they want to do. Yeah. Um, and then just having great coaches and athletic trainers that are helping to take care of these kids and not only just physically but be great mentors for them. And that's something that, you know, I've, I've tried to help develop with other physicians at the Roper Hospital and the kind of the, the, the staff above that realize how important it is, is for these have these student athletes in Charleston County that have these great physical uh, athletic trainers that are helping to take care of them, not only just physically, but personally, you know, I've seen them be, you know, uh, very motherly or fatherly to them, mm-hmm. uh, which yeah. is a great thing to do. Yeah. A great thing to have yeah, available. It's a very good opportunity to have a, a great role model or not so great right. one. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just to continue to be part of that process. Yeah. Nice. Well, if there's anything that uh, you know, Hannah or myself or Made to Move can ever do to, to support that, Thank we'd you. love the uh, Thanks for having me on, yeah, too. Definitely. I appreciate this. For sure. Yeah, it's kind of great. Fun. It's kind of fun. All right, awesome. guys. We'll see you later. Bye. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us on the Healthy Charleston Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, we would love for you to head over to Instagram, search Healthy Charleston one word like follow comment on today's episode if you have any questions comments if you have possible guests that you want us to bring on if you have any topics you want us to discuss reach out there send us a direct message we would love some feedback also if you get any extra time head over to itunes give us a rating again put comments there we love your feedback Have a phenomenal day.